in my mind, one of the things that's influenced me tremendously over the last 10 years is understanding that uh, Christians are had to have a, an, a biblically informed worldview. And, and, and theology really is the, the material through which you're constructing all of that. Um, and we live in a society, though, where it's deconstructing everything. In fact, I, in some ways, one of the most heartless things I think you can do to a young person is to give them nothing to work with, no way to actually explore and see the world, and put everything on them to discover the meaning, significance, and purpose of their own existence and everything else around them. I mean, that is the weight of the moment I think we're in. And and, and we just got through talking about theology and what, 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 what bomb, what solution does theology have for a person in that position? One way I like to always understand worldview would be a lens, mm-hmm. right? Um, maybe we have prescription glasses, some yeah. of us. Anyone who would put on prescription glasses yeah. doesn't do so to look at their glasses. Right. They do so to look at everything else yeah. um, with them or wow. by them. That's good. And I think that's a worldview is given to us as Christians, not so that we can just look at it, sure, um, but so that we can see everything else by it. When I think of worldview, I also think of story, mm-hmm. right? We're all telling ourselves some rendition of some story. And that story is either going to cause us to tank <laughs> and want to take our lives or mm-hmm. want to feel defeated, or it's going to allow us to thrive. And a lot of times, and we're not necessarily sitting down and saying, I'm now going to tell myself a story. We, we do it subliminally, right? We're telling, there's a, there's a story that we're hearing or that we're telling telling ourselves. That's why the psalmist in Psalm 42 would say, soul, why art thou downcast? Hope thou in God. Amen. Amen. Right? So the whole point of him battling his spiritual depression and then seeing himself come out of it is really what Martin Lloyd-Jones was talking about in his book on spiritual depression. And that is, most of us are far too guilty of hearing, listening to ourselves than we are talking to ourselves. And I think one of the ways that we talk to ourselves is through worldview, right? We're, we're communicating. So it helps us, ah, okay, I see why either my internal world or my external world is the way that it is. I'm assuming, I made an assumption and even asking my question, listening to you, do you guys think that we're experiencing a crisis in, ev- in the church? Yeah. Just glo- like just in, in, from your perspective um, in the US, in the West, um, and culturally, just outside the church. Yeah, well, I think you, you know, we're talking about worldview, but then also about culture. Yeah. And then kind of seeing where we're at. We talked about asking questions that at times that was a difficulty in church. We, we see the need for our lay people to be able to ask questions when a lot of times all we've been doing is giving answers. Uh, and so I think that's where our culture, uh, to some extent, has lost trust, right? Why is it that way? You're just feeding me something that uh, I haven't even asked, right? And so I think for us, it's important to, to understand that we need to lay the foundation for people to really be able to understand what, what, where we're coming from. You know, what is their worldview right now? Well, right now it's uh, everything is relative, right? Because how can I trust you to give me the answer? Let me just come up with it myself. Yeah. And man, it's so arrogant to think like, you know, the word that was used earlier was deconstruction, right? Like, I mean, that's so prevalent today. Traditionally, deconstruction is a kind of a postmodern perspective of, of, of taking apart piece by piece, 
specific worldviews or assumptions about reality or about about culture, about society, about whatever. Um, I would say for the sake of deconstructing it, for the sake of of taking it apart. And then there's no. I'm, sometimes there's an element of rebuilding. Uh, of, of putting it back together. But the issue is, is whenever we're the architect, we're the authority, my finished product of what I rebuilt is going to be different from yours and yours and yours, right? And and we're the authority, but man, Scripture's clear. Paul says in, in 1 Corinthians 3, right, the wisdom of the world is foolishness before the Lord, right? Yeah, well, what, what I've seen is uh, like a lack of trust, right, from from our society, our culture. Again, going back to how they haven't have been un, unable to ask questions for so long because we're giving them the answers. But um, I, I think I, I see my experience as a, as a church planner um, where um, I started out on the streets of Dallas, um, passing out water and food to the homeless. I think there's two ways to do uh, street ministry is where uh, you just get a megaphone and start blasting out and just telling people they're condemned. And I, I'm not knocking on that because, I mean, maybe God has used that in the past. But for me, it's uh, we have to earn the right to speak into people's lives. And so how can we earn that right today? It's like, how can we develop and, and earn the trust of our society so that we can speak into into them? And so we talked about it here a little bit ago about how the Bible was answering questions, you know, again, John answering the questions of the Gnostics of that day. We see Paul uh, on Mars Hill, right, answering the questions of the Greeks. Uh, we, we we have to, in a way, be able to answer those questions. What are their needs that, that they're experiencing today? I want to come back to something you're saying. I think, I think there's a number of reasons. One is not growing up, being able to be in an environment where you have space created to ask freely yeah. your, the questions that are on your mind. Mm -hmm. That's important. Mm -hmm. I think number two is uh, too many preachers of bygone days probably had it too good. Mm -hmm. And their sermon prep came short yeah. in, in simply just saying the Bible says, the Bible says, the Bible right, says, right, exactly. and not thinking through and anticipating the objections and the questions that are in the pews or that are in the minds of the people who are going to encounter the people in the pews once they start getting open and, and out about their faith. And so we weren't really equipping our people. So once they came of age and said, well, let me try to do it too, they weren't ready. It's like you sent them out, right? And they were in for a shocker because the world that they engaged out there um, or the world that they had a chance to be in before they engaged the world out there didn't quite prepare them. You yeah. see, so I think that's, that's the second one. The third and the last one is um, people who typically resort to deconstructionism are people who grew up in highly fundamentalistic um, church cultures yeah. mm -hmm. that were Bible and beyond. Yeah. And so the church environment did not have categories of, of, of first order, second order, third order doctrine, mm -hmm. primary, secondary, tertiary issues. Yeah. Everything was a deal breaker. Everything was heaven and hell issue, yeah. mm. right? Everything was decisive Binary, in terms yeah. of where your eternal state is. Yeah. And it's like, 
that is a highly tense environment mm. to be in because you ever have a shirt or a coat or something that has a button and you, you see a little thread hanging out Yeah, and you're like, ah, oh, it's annoying me. And so you go to just kind of, you think you could just remove yeah. that piece, but you're realizing, oh, it's going, it's yeah. going, oh no, that yeah. button's coming off. Yeah. And, I, and I feel like a lot of people who grew up in these environments who end up being the ones right. doing the deconstruction yeah. are ones who set out to pull the thread and their whole theology is hanging yeah. on such a thin peace thin foundation that if that if you have to revisit looking at that from a different angle your whole christianity falls apart that's a fragile faith yeah yeah right i saw i saw a meme on deconstruction and it was uh the roses are red violets are blue well not all roses are red right (laughs) so then your whole worldview is like collapsing uh and then are violets really blue no well they're Violet, and I'm colorblind, so I could care less. But yeah, you were that explains say, so much, yeah. man. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, like I think, I think we find ourselves in the situation. Well, I mean, obviously, this isn't new. There's nothing new under the sun, right? Like, I mean, mm-hmm. the same type of of relativism has been around, you know, since the dawn of time. Judges, right? right? Like everyone did what was right in their own eyes. Right. But and and this isn't something, some like recent phenomenon. Like it's it's been around for centuries, right? I think about the neo-orthodox germans right like uh, in the academy uh, in the 1800s but i think the issue is why this is so prevalent in culture today is because or in in regular culture is is the churches have been giving answers to the wrong questions right Right. like Uh like we've been kind of like going back to the fundamental context right like like they're they're giving these answers on this foundation when they like, this is what, this is what is true. This is what is true. The question that we should be answering isn't what is, you know, what is true and what is not true, but like answering the question, is there truth? Right. Right. Like, cause that's the question that the world is asking today. And I love to go back to scripture because I mean, we see again, John one, one is an answer to the thought of the, the background, right? The Greeks were talking about reason. Is there a meaning? Is there a person? Is there a purpose for all of this? And then John comes in mm. and he says, in the beginning was the word, the logos. And then he says, and, and, and the word was with God and the word was God. You know, the, the reason was God. And then the reason became a person and he dwelled among it. So he was answering the questions that they had. They had lost purpose. They had lost reason. And now they're, here comes John reminding them. And then that's the very first verse. And then he explains it throughout the entire book. Mm-hmm. And so, see, that's kind of how we should be as believers is mm-hmm. taking that time to really show them through story, mm-hmm. through worldview, um, the, answering the questions they're asking. Mm-hmm.